their entire offense is based around putting a linebacker against a slot receiver or a running back in space and thinking they can exploit that matchup. Yes, sir. Okay. And tell me a little about, like you said, you were a high school recruit who was getting more offers for basketball than football. What finally made you decide to go towards what was sort of your second love football so was your first love basketball? Yeah, I decided to go football because growing up, I just felt like I was six one, and I was looking at the NBA, and I'm just like, all oh, these guys are six five, six six guards, and I was just like, yeah, let, let's try football. And in high school, I my, going into my junior year of high school, I dominated in football at the high school level, had a lot of offer, a lot of recruits, and all that. Then I went on a visit to Tulsa, and just seeing their football facility, seeing their football facility, I just fell in love. I'm like, yeah, okay, football is for me. It's how many fans attend the games and all that. And I love the, the aggressive part of football, being able to hit somebody. Okay, got it. And take me to the beginning phases of your recruitment. Who were some of the first – you mentioned Tulsa. Who are some of the other schools that first got in on you? Uh, Tulsa, Missouri, and Utah. Those are oh. the top three that was really into me. Okay. But one what thing did you I notice? did – Go ahead. Oh, you can go ahead. I was going to say, what did you notice that was similar about those three programs and what was different about how they came at you in terms of bring, trying to bring you in? Uh, Tulsa, they came, when they first recruited, first thing they brought up was grades and like the academic mm-hmm. part. So mm-hmm. That's one of the one of the best schools academically in the nation. Yes. It's that's small, one of the, people don't realize how small it is. It is the smallest, I think, of FBS schools in the country in terms of yeah. um, enrollment. Yes. It is a so small Private school with very serious academics. It was, it was, I was one of them, man, it was like, yeah, we like it, but it was like, we, we're not offering until we know for sure you can get in academically. Then with UTEP, it was more of a, you would like to stay in Texas. Then also, I have family, that's military stay in El Paso, and it was like, family, be able to get you to play, but um, I think I visited UTEP also. That was, I love, I love El Paso. It was nice, especially the food down there. Then with Missouri, I've always been a Missouri fan growing up. For some reason, playing game on the NCAA just love Missouri. Hmm. But once once again, they came with the the academic part. Okay. That. So let's start with that. A lot of guys don't realize how important academics are. When was it during the recruitment process you started to realize? Oh wow, I got to really get hard on my grades. It, it was it was during my beginning of my junior year. My coach pulled me in. He was like, "If you want to." Play D1 or get offered, you have to get your GPA up. That's something I didn't realize going into freshman, sophomore year. I'm thinking, oh, you just go to school, play football, get recruited, and go to a big college. Hmm. Once hmm. junior year came, I realized, okay, you have to buckle down on grace. Without the grace, you really can't do anything. Yep. And I, that's something if I can go back and do, I would definitely do over again. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to open up my co-host, Kofi, because I'm sure he's got some great questions for Dominic Anthony. Kofi, you still there? Okay. I'll let Kofi hop back on. He may have had to go do something. Okay. So, I'm here, Bill. Sorry, oh, Dominic and Bill. I'm here. Okay. Hey, Dominic, uh, thanks for hopping on, man, on a Saturday like this. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, nope. Glad you, you can make it. Um, going back to, uh, you're from Texas, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, and I grew up on the East Coast. I know nationally, Texas is known to have, uh, you know, uh, 
unlimited resource of football players. But you said something interesting uh, that you actually love basketball as well and actually was your first love before, um, you know, committing all the way to football. Tell us about uh, if, if the Texas basketball um, uh, 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 circle. Is it is it is it about even or does, does, does do Texas kids usually play football versus basketball? I think coming coming out of Texas, you're you're built to try the game of football first, then basketball. That's just how it is in Texas. But then there's some we have some Texas coming out, especially Dallas. That is a big basketball city. No, San Antonio, we've had a couple guys that came out, made it to the NBA and all that. But it's, it's, I'd say it's about even, though. That's for sure. It's, it's football for sure first in Texas. Is there any guys that you played in high school with that have gone on to the NBA or, or did well in college or still well in college? Uh, Jordan Clarkson and Andre Roberson. Uh, Jordan, Jordan Clarkson now plays for the Lakers, and Andre Robertson now plays for the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder. We, we all went to the same high school. Right. So what? So again, growing up on the East Coast, uh, it's always Texas is, you know, football or nothing. That's the that's the uh, that's what's put out there. That's the narrative. So uh, I'm always expecting. I'm always expecting great football players to come out of Texas. Uh, yes, sir. Having that, having that said, uh, Texas always comes across as like the, you know, one of the, I guess, football capitals. What, what is it like growing up Texas high school football and being a Texas football player? Just give, give us a, a little more information on that. All right. Growing up Texas high school football, like I said, you start in Peewee. It's hundreds of fans, the Peewee games. Big rivalries and middle school is the same thing. When you get to high school, that's when the big stage has come. Is thousands of fans at the stadiums. My high school stadium was bigger than my college stadium down in Texas. is is huge. Then, like I said, the, all the playoff games are played in like the Alamo Dome, then the Houston Texas Stadium, then the state game is in the HNT Stadium, Jerry Jones World. The Cowboys play that, so they they take it big. They make sure it's 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 big network wise, and get another a lot of recognition. Okay, so and I've kind of heard this, so it it could be a somewhat of a downer coming from high school to college, depending on what school you go to at college. Because again, like high school football is everything in Texas, correct? Yes, sir. So, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say like transforming from from a big Texas school and coming to an NAIA school. It was a big culture shock, and I was blessed by opportunity. But, but. now, I know you mentioned during the recruitment process, uh, you got recruited more so for basketball than football. Uh, yes, until, until until Tulsa came into the picture, were there any schools that you actually wanted to go to. Are you talking about for football? For either or. Uh, for for football, for sure. I wanted I wanted I wanted to go to Oklahoma so bad. I know it sounds bad coming from Texas, but I love the Sooners for something. <laughs> it sounds bad. But I love. Yeah, I don't Oklahoma think you can say Sooners. that. 
Don't think you're going to say that too loud, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, that football, that's where I went. Basketball, honestly, I didn't really have a dream school. I mean, for sure, you're Dukes and North Carolinas, but I didn't really have a dream school for basketball. So do you still do you still miss basketball? I, I know um, you're familiar with Allen Iverson, right? Ah, uh, yes, yes, sir, for sure. Uh, he was a great, uh, great, great football player. I don't know if you know. He's a great football player in uh, in Southeast Virginia. Uh, quarterback, safety, highly recruited uh, until he, you know, long story short, ran into some legal issues. Uh, but then when John Thompson, uh, former head coach of Georgetown University, uh, you know, got him into uh, Georgetown, Iverson told the story about how he would uh, go into basketball practice. He would look out. He would see the football team and go, practice football. And because football was really his And uh, said John Thompson told him that if he keeps looking at that football field, it's going to break both of his legs. So that was the end of that was that was the end of Allen Iverson's football dreams. Once it was, you know, it was clear that he came to Georgetown to play basketball and basketball only. So, do you have any? Do you still have any itch? Uh, about basketball, is it something that you still uh, really love? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I always watch it. And we, we used to play pickup games here at the university I, I was at uh, in Ottawa. But I heard coach, football coach walked in one time, and that he put it into that. The pickup games we were playing, he put it into all that. Right. All right, Bill? Bill? Yeah. So, taking a look at the process, you said that you discovered academics. Yes, sir. A little later in the game than maybe you wish, you know, than than ideal. But you, what did you do once you'd been told that you were kind of getting ready to run into a brick wall if you didn't fix your academics? What happened at that point? Uh, for sure, I knew I was. Like I said, I knew I was wanted to go to athletic basketball. I knew I for sure I wanted to go to college to play football. So I stepped away from the game of basketball the beginning of my senior year and I just really after the season just buckled down on my grades. Junior year I started, it raised a little bit and senior year stepped away from basketball and I, I raised my grades tremendously all A's and B's, but it was still it still wasn't enough. And that's where I wish I can go back to freshman sophomore and take a uh, nobody uh intern high school nobody ever told me that, you know, GPA is this, GPA is that based on the, the SAT and A C T scale. If I knew what I knew now, I would definitely change it. But for sure, I, I buckled down my senior year, raised my grades. It was it just wasn't enough to get that top scholarship, that D1 offer. Got it. So were you a partial qualifier? What happened actually in terms of your academics at that point? What happened was I had a – my GPA I had maybe a 2.6. I needed to get into Tulsa. I needed like a 23 or 24 on the ACT, mm-hmm. and, I, and I took the ACT five times, and I just and I just couldn't get it. I just couldn't. So you I ended couldn't up with, you had like an 18 or a 19 or something. Yeah, I got a, I got a, I got a 17 the first couple of times, and I finally got a 19, and it just okay. still it still wasn't enough. So they recommended me to go to JUCO. So I, that's when I attended Trinity Valley Community College. Now, the junior college experience, depending on where you go, can be a, a cold slap to the face. 
So I okay. have people explain it to me a couple of different ways. You know, we're in high school, it's really truly a brotherhood. Everyone's doing this love and cool. Hopefully you'll get a chance to go to college, but these are guys playing the game they love because they love it. By the time you get to college, particularly if it's, you know, a big-time institution, it's not quite as much of a business as the NFL is, but it's headed in that direction. But, and you've got junior college where some people say it's pretty cutthroat because guys are like, yeah, we want to win, but i got to get my stats. i got to get my D1 ride. What was junior college like for you, and how did you choose your junior college? Junior college coming in for me, well, first I had to work out for the, the coach first because he knew nothing about me. So once I worked out, he liked me, then he gave me a scholarship. I went to the Trinity Valley in Athens, Texas, and at first they had me at a as an H back. And the yes. Was, yes, sir. And as soon as you step on campus, it's just everybody's just looking at you. Who is this guy? Who is that guy? Nobody talks to each other. Like I said, it's cutthroat. Everybody has to get theirs. I mean, you have your friends here and there, but at the end of the day, it's like okay, you're not having my position. I'm gonna do whatever it takes. So it really wasn't buddy buddy. Then I moved to linebacker. Then I went going into camp. I uh, injured my shoulder. Then in JUCO where I was at, we the the guy that I was the guy that I went behind after I hurt my shoulder. He got he got put on the Saints practice squad. Then into the CFL. Another guy he's now with the Colts, and it's, it's cutthroat. So once I got injured, you you fall to the bottom of the depth chart. The coach is like, you know, when you're ready to come back, come back. But until then, I'm not worried about you. It's definitely cutthroat. And all the guys there, they're not going to help you. They're just, everybody has to get theirs. If you're in somebody's way, you're getting pushed out the way. Mm-hmm. People fighting in line and being in front of the position drill line. It was definitely, it was a great experience. It definitely toughens you up for sure. Did you make any friends while you were in JUCO? And if so, who were the guys with whom you were close? I mean, I was I was I had a couple guys. I was close with a guy named Chris Weather, the guy that that went to the Saints, then a guy Justin Thomas that went to the Colts. Those are probably my probably only two guys I really talked. I mean, I talked to the other teammate, but those are probably the only two guys I really hung out with. And also a guy named Mike Robertson, also. And so, tell me a little about your re-recruitment process. So now, you know, you've gone to junior college, you've found a place where you feel like you can. I mean, no one wants to stay. I mean, obviously, as you said, junior college, I've heard that same thing from other people. It can be pretty impersonal sometimes because guys are very focused on the goal. Um, Oh, yeah, for sure. Now that you know more, clearly you know more than you did when you were, you know, 16 before when this whole thing began when you were in high school. Now you're kind of a man, basically. How did the second recruitment process go? The second recruitment process, it went – because once I got hurt, I was just practicing with the team. Then I said I fell to the bottom. Like you, when you're, one thing I learned when you're when you're injured, you're supposed to tell somebody. But if you're in juke and you're injured, you have to fight through it until the end of the season. Because once you fall to the bottom, what I learned, it's no back, it's no way getting back up. Because they're moving the next two guys up. They're recruiting for your position again already. Looking who can they, who can they bring in? Who can they move from offense to defense? So I, I took my ACT again while I was in junior college. I took it again. And I talked to Tulsa, and I talked to a D2 Angelo State. Angelo State, I only had to get a 20, a 20. But I ended up getting an 18 again on my ACT. So I, I started uh, emailing D3 schools, NAI schools. Then this is where I found Ottawa University emailing me back. So after my first year at Juco, that's when I transferred to Ottawa University here in Kansas. 
okay? And why there? I mean, it's a program I'm familiar with. They've had some pretty decent players, but obviously it's not the biggest program in the world. Tell people about it if they aren't familiar with it, and how did you choose that school? Our university, it's a great they're, – they're known for winning championships, conference championships, always in winning streak. I actually had a friend, a hometown friend that played here. I knew nothing about Ottawa. When he told me Ottawa, I thought he was talking about Ottawa, Canada. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know it was Ottawa University in Canada. So once they, uh, he put me on the coach's board, coach started talking, he called me every day. Are you studying for the ACT? How is this going? How is your grade looking? He, he made sure I stayed in shape, working out. It was just, I can tell that he actually cared more than just, okay, do this, do that. Let me know when you got it done. Yeah, I made sure I heard from every day. So I wanted to be around like a, a, fa- a family team. And the coach says, that's going to care. And, make sure, and just make sure. Tell me about the staff. Uh, what kind of things did you learn from them on and off the field? And what was your sort of welcome moment? Like, when did you feel like you were part of the team as opposed to just some guy who was trying to, you know, fight his way out of being, you know, in a JUCO situation where it's kind of a cattle call audition, you know, where, like you said, yes, if, you, if you twist an ankle, you better take that sucker up because before you know <laughs> your spot's gone, right. So tell me about the difference, and and we right. feel at home. The difference here is when coming in here, I had I had, I had a, a baby on the way. I have a daughter now. She's about to be three in March. And coming in, first thing he told me, he was like, you know, I know you're about to have a daughter. If anything is needed, let me know. Like this, and he constantly they constantly checked all the coaching staff, checked on my daughter when she was born, and all that. So they just that's when I felt like it was a family. And most coach, most coaches doesn't have to ask especially not every day. Then there was a time period I thought my daughter's going to have to come up here and stay with me. And the, co- the coaches offered, coach's wife offered, you know, if you need a babysitter while you're practicing, we can watch them and all that. That's when I'm okay, this is definitely a family team. That's when I knew, okay, this is where I need to be. Then from the player standpoint, everybody got along. We helped each other out. Then here, if you got injured, you wouldn't drop to the bottom. You would still have your spot. Now, when you came back and you wasn't 100%, then you would drop. So, I mean, and there, I felt like that was fair, not being able to lose your spot. It was definitely it's – a, it's, a, it's a great environment here, just a family family type thing. A lot of fans – like I said, it's a small school, but we have hundreds of fans. The whole community supports the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kofi, what follow-up questions might you have for American? So, you played linebacker. Uh, it's a pretty uh, blue collar position. What what do you like about being a linebacker? A linebacker, I feel like, is, is the leader of the defense. You control everything that goes on in front of you, with the the front four, the front three, and behind you. You got to be vocal and just be, being aggressive and just taking on blocks, making plays, and helping others out, and just be able be able to direct the defense when it needs to be directed. Just being that leader on the field. That's why I like playing linebacker. What kind of scheme did you guys play at at Ottawa? Uh, this past year we played. Uh, we started off as a three four. Then we we had a three four and a four two five. Well, our base defense was a four two five. 
were you on were you on the field on all three downs? Uh yes, sir. But then some downs we had different packages. So we're basically like a heavy package or a pass rush defense. But most part most part I played the whole game. And uh I believe you're listed at about two hundred and twenty pounds. Is that about right? Uh I'm around like two twenty five, two twenty eight. Two twenty five. Okay. So you project to be a will linebacker. Do yes, you sir. believe you can do you believe you can play every every position? I believe I can play every position. I believe I have the the speed and the physicality to do so. And I had did you were you uh did you get any offers from from any uh all star games? Uh, any uh, invites in the, December I played in the EAC six game, it's not Scouting Bowl. Uh sponsored by the play C D F L. I was on I was on Team Europe in that All Star game. Then February I just got invited to the podium showcase in Miami. I'm attending that February first through the third. What what have you been uh, working on uh, to uh, better yourself as a football player for the to I mean, get ready for the next level? I've been working on my hip mobility, also my speed and just my coverage skills. This is one thing I can improve is improve my coverage skills. Okay, yeah, you make a lot of money uh, being on the on the field for all three downs, so that that's good to hear. Yes, sir. Uh, what, What's your expectations for yourself uh, in the in the immediate future? I mean, my expectations is make, making a roster and just making a difference on a team, whether it's practice squad or the fifty-three man roster, or if it's in the C, or in the CFL, is making a roster and making a difference on that team any way I can, making an impact as soon as I step in. Good. Yeah, you know, teams is always the way. I'm sure. Coaches have told you this, and you probably heard this throughout your your your, your years. Uh, teams is always a great way to stick with a team and uh, and you know get noticed and continue to develop and and slide into a position. So that's that's good to know. Uh, now um, you are you have a birthday coming up, right? Yes, sir. It was January twenty sixth. Okay, so we're going to wish you a Happy early birthday, and Thank you, uh, I believe you'll be 25, correct? Uh, no, I'll be 23. 23? Yes, Okay, sir. so you're pretty, that's a pretty decent age. I thought uh, it must have been um, a typo. Okay. Yeah, it's a typo on, if, on a roster, it's a typo. Right. All right. Yeah, just just so you know, Germanic, that's a big, important typo. If you ever catch yeah. something like that. Try to get people to fix it as soon as possible. Oh, yes. no, I'll do that soon. That's that's why I mentioned it because it's a big difference between a 23 year old rookie and a 25 year old rookie in 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 the world and the the eyes of the scouts. You know, they try yeah. to uh, try to use that against someone, even though we know age doesn't really judge. You can't you can't you can't measure heart, which is. Uh, something you appear to have and you know based on what I've seen on film you played with it so I mean that's nothing that you can measure so um but yeah that bill is correct that was why I asked that question because um you don't really have too many 25 or even 24 year old rookies but 20 to 20 
23 is 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 common. So, but that's good. Yeah, that's something you uh definitely need to make sure it doesn't happen again for you. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I commend you a lot for being uh, an early dad. I just became a dad not uh, too long ago, um, and uh, you know, I'm sure that responsibility, um, being a father, had an impact on the way you approached your your college career, um, and probably how you looked at life since then. Uh, is there anything you uh, like to share in regards to how, um, you know, it, what when you became a father, before you were a father to time you knew you were a father and you were still in college, was there any, like, significant transformation that you went through? Uh, yes, for sure. Coming in in college, knowing I was going to be a father, I kind of, like, I made sure, throughout, throughout my all, all my years here at university, I worked, I worked and played football. I worked at Applebee's here in Ottawa, Kansas. Every year I've been here just to make sure, you know, I can provide and all that. I just knew I had to provide for my daughter. I didn't want to be that type of father that I couldn't provide or didn't do anything for that child. And, you know, I don't I don't go out as much as I do. I know I've got to buckle down, sit home, rest, you know, make it home every night. That way my daughter can have a father. So you were a student athlete, a parent, and you were an employee? Yes, sir. That's hard work, dude. That's a lot. That's and I commend you for that, man. That's awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. No one ever thank you or congratulate you for that, man. That's that's uh that's great. It's great great to hear. And um thank you. I'm sure your daughter's uh proud to have you as a father. Um how was the level of competition at Ottawa, um, for people that don't know, uh, again, especially from someone coming from the hotbed of Texas where every city is competitive. Uh, every high school is competitive. Uh, how was it in in Ottawa? How was the conference? Uh, the, how was the level of competition in the conference? And who went on from the players that you played against? Who's up playing? I know you mentioned one guy from that's on the practice squad with the Saints. Anyone else that you can uh, you can think of? The competition here is is better than what what people think it is. Like I said, NAI. It, we definitely get overlooked a lot. But the competition here is is crazy good. We have a lot of guys from Cali, California, also, and them guys can play some football up there. I think they're they're underrated. But I've had the chance to play with uh, Luke Lundy. He's a running back we had. He went on to get signed undrafted by the Browns. He just got released due to injury last year. Then also had the, the chance to play with Josh Stainby. He was signed with the Coast and the Falcons. And now he's a starting receiver with the Ottawa Red Blacks, the CFL football team. So we've we've had a couple guys come through here and get a shot at the league. The, the conference is pretty tough too. A lot of conference they uh, it's funny. A lot of teams on conference they have a lot of guys from Texas and California also. So it's, the conference is tough. It was this year has been it was the toughest year. Well, the 2017 season was the toughest the toughest uh, conference I've ever been since I've been here. Was is there was there an opponent uh that you uh, it got that you got up for? Was there an opponent that you think back on and say, Hey man, that that team or that guy was a was a dog, he was good. Uh the, the safety. Uh my second year here I played against 
That guy, he can ball. He was outside linebacker and a safety. Uh, Damon Bell, he was that guy. They were in our conference. Yes, Damian Bell White, the big safety. Yes, sir. Yeah, very familiar with yeah, him. Yes, yes, he'll be another one of our guests, uh, uh, Germanic. Is, are we pronouncing your name right? German, it's Germanic, correct? Uh, it's pronounced Germanique. Germanique. Hey, Bill, I, I, I meant to ask him that. Yeah, I, we apologize, Germanique, because that's something, that's something we need to make sure we well, correct. First of all, let me say, correct. let me say this. That is that is, that's got a little something to it. That's a, that's got a little sexy to it, Germanique. All right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like Dominique, but Germanique. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I should have I should have asked you that at the beginning of the interview. Right, you're fine. You know, like, how do you it? We've been mispronouncing it. Um, Bill, I don't have any more questions. It's been a pleasure. Um, and again, we are. We'll definitely be keeping in touch and keeping our eyes on you, and um, and I uh, wish you the best uh, in your in your football journey. Thank you. Well, I have, I have uh, a good number of, of questions. Do you make calls in the defense? And if so, could you give me an example of a call you might make if a team, you know, say comes out in fifth or eighth? They come out originally in a two-by-two two, then shift over in three-by-one with three to the boundary, and you have to make an adjustment. How would you – if you make the calls, how would you make that call? If they come out three to the boundary, we would yeah, probably – Right, so they really come out two-by-two, two, but they shift, you know, right a little – like so two, two, three to the boundary and one on the other side, and you have That's to right. rebalance your defense. How, how, if, you have to, if you're making that call, how do you make it? Uh, if I'm on a strong side, we would just bump the linebackers. That way, I'll be I'll split the number one and number two receiver. Mm-hmm. So we just bump the linebackers over. Then the safeties they have their own calls. Right. That's like we we just do a bump call in that for the linebackers to bump over. That way, the strong side linebacker will be between number one and number two receiver, and just get hands on number one. Right. Now, do you make the calls for the entire front seven, or is there somebody making a call at the line that you are running linebackers and then? Somebody, and then your free safety is doing the secondary, or do you, or do you control the entire front seven? So the the, the front seven, the, we'll we'll get a call. Then the wheel linebacker. See, I, I, this year I played more of a Sam linebacker. Oh, uh, okay. So I I would control basically the outside backers and a D line. Then yeah. the middle back, the middle backer here have his call. But if, it's, if the middle backer, if he sees something he doesn't like, he'll control he'll control the front seven. Or if I see something with the the line, or if I could just bump them or shift them, or just call a stunt that I think it work, I was able to call that. Okay. Uh, of all the blitzes you guys run, what's your favorite blitz to call? My favorite blitz, it'll, it'll probably be a strike call. That's just me lining up about a five six yard deep and just getting the start mm-hmm. a running start running start blitz off the edge, just getting around the edge. Coming. Outside of the, if it's the side, you're coming outside the tight end. If it's the open side, you're coming outside of the tackle. Yes, sir. Okay, got it. Got it. Now, do you have anywhere you would bend back inside, like toward the B or an A gap, or or all the all right. that you would? Oh uh, yes, yeah, so we had we had a number of stunts to where I I'll line up on the edge like an edge rusher, then I'll slant all the way to the A gap. 
or sometimes oh. sl- slide to the slide to the B gap or C gap and uh, the tackle or anchor he'll pull around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it, so I can be able to free up the anchor sometimes or the tackle. Uh, I just chip if I chip the guard or the tackle and he just come outside my outside of my hip. We had a lot of those. So, as you mentioned earlier, you've played at three levels of football in the last few years, obviously high school, junior college, and college. Tell me about the things you took away from each level, things you learned from being in high school, things you learned from being in junior college, and what are some of the things you learned from being finally finishing up at college? Being in being high school, I just learned you, you got to just enjoy it while you're in high school. Enjoy the friends, enjoy the coaches, and, and just enjoy playing in front of your hometown. There's no telling where you might go to college at. And once you get to junior college, you just have to learn just to tough. You have to toughen up when you go to junior college. It's not high school. Nobody's going to baby you. Everybody there is dogs. Literally everybody there can be on a D1 roster, sometimes pro. Most guys are there just by default. And coming into a university, you learn that, you know, it's back to the, the family environment. You have to be more about the team. If you want to play, you have to be more about the team. Because if you're just a me guy in a university, in a university, you will get sit on the bench. And now, from what I learned after after my experience going into this process, I just have to just be ready whenever you get that call. You never know who's watching your friend, who's going to call you, who's going to offer you. You just never know. You just always have to stay ready. I didn't know I was going to get an invite to the podium showcase, but the dude he messaged me last week, and like I've been working out, been training, staying in shape. So that way, when I do get to the point of showcase, I will be ready. Excellent. And where do you want to be physically? I mean, you've played, at, you know, between about 220 and 228. Where do you okay. think you are best in terms of weight? Weight, I believe I'm best around between 220 and between 220 and 230. When I when we did the the combine at the Central South Carolina. At the EAC six game, I was two twenty. I weighed at two twenty seven, and I was able to run a four seven. So if I can weigh six one, oh. if I can weigh six one, two twenty seven, two twenty eight, and I run a four six, I feel like that's where that's where I'd be at best physically. Okay, well, since you gave me some of your actual factuals, and it's always good to, especially with guys that may not have accurate information, as we discovered out there. So you measured it at exactly six one, or was it a little bit over, a little bit under six one? It was six foot and three quarters, six foot and a half. I got you. Okay, so like six feet and five eight. Yes, sir. <clears throat> okay. And you're twenty seven. You said you ran a four seven. Did he also put you through things like the the L drill and stuff like that? What other we things did, did you test? We did the sh- the the five ten five shuttle, and I did a I got a four two in that. The L drill, I'm not I'm not sure. I have to check. Then we, then we did the broad jump. Uh, I got a ten, ten something. I have to check on that also. If it's over, if it's over ten feet, that and you're a linebacker, that's yeah. <laughs> Anything over ten feet, a linebacker, very good. Uh, yes, did I you got do it. Vertical jump. Uh, no, sir, I did not do the vertical jump. Okay. Uh, did and you guys didn't bench either, did you? Ah, uh, no, sir, we did not bench. No, I, I thought not. I was trying to remember what. So many different all-star games and, and, and showcases. I, I know some of them do everything, and then some of them will do four or five things as opposed to everything. Okay. Now, where do you think is your greatest area of growth in terms of just the physical? We'll talk mental in a second, but where is the place where you can improve most physically? Physically, I believe I can improve more. Just on my strength overall. 
I'm aggressive on the football. If I can get more, if I can get stronger, my aggressive, I can just take it up to another level. Being able to knock over the, the lead blockers, knock them out, then make the tackle instead of just trying to make contact and shuck off of them. Just being able to drive through them, be able to push them back. I feel like that's where I can be. This the strength overall. And on the mental side, and I'm sure you've, you've talked to people who've played professionally, whether it be CFL or NFL, I'm sure they told you most guys who don't make it, it's not physical talent because most guys who make it, they don't bring you to a camp if you don't have physical talent. The reason guys mostly don't make it, maybe 70% of the time, is the mental side. What are you working on on the mental side to get ready for the complexity of an NFL or CFL defense? mental side, just be able to, I've been working with, uh, with a trainer with True Development Sports and basically just being able to break down defensive, being able to tell what kind of route a receiver is going to run, but how he's lined up, just be able to, just be able to do that, be able to see what kind of, what kind of, what, what route the back is going to run, come out of the backfield, the rear route, out route, checking on the hips, be able to just break down defenses and know what's coming before the snap. And who are some of the guys you like to watch? When you throw on a TV, you throw on TV a game, who are some of the guys that appeal to that you enjoy watching? Either just maybe you like their style of play or maybe they're guys from whom you think you can learn. Who do you watch? I watch a lot of Vic Beasley, uh, <laughs> Bob Miller, and I'll, I'll, uh, Dion Buchanan. Oh, okay. Uh, that's one guy yeah. I think I, I, that's one guy I think I need to, if I can just, Give my my skill like him, I feel like I get a shot. That's one guy I like. To. I've been watching a lot of film. Yeah, you know, you you know Deion Buchanan's story. I mean, he was a strong safety and a really yeah. really good one, and it was uh, frankly a guy's knucklehead issue. Not to say knucklehead, but a guy who had a serious substance abuse yeah. issue. Yes. Uh, forced him. Okay, who was really good. I mean, something kid could play like a talent problem. But they lost their, their will linebacker, and they went to Dion, who at that point weighed 216 pounds, and said, "Will you play linebacker for us?" And a team guy, he said, "Yes, I'm going to be one of the best young linebackers in football." Uh, the ability to say yes is an important thing with guys. Can you just say yes? So you're right. If you can, even if you weigh 27 pounds or whatever. If you can be a guy that can cover even some quicker running back in the league when they go on the route and just dust it like linebackers do when it happens, that's what's important. Let me ask you about that. When a guy is really fast, he's out of the back, it looks like a flat route, and boom, he busted up, and now, oh, God, it's a wheel route. What are the things you've been taught or things that you do to prevent yourself from ending up in somebody's highlight reel in that situation? I just – Always been taught to keep my head on a swivel. You never know when somebody's coming just to, to block you, to cleat you. You can just never know. And just to break down, make sure you shuffle your feet, keep your feet moving, never never get dead feet. That's how you would end up on somebody's highlight tape. Okay, gotcha. Now, since you've been, as you mentioned, in, in a, in a you're playing in a conference that I think is one of the better conferences in the NAIA. But as you also said, and you said it very truthfully, most people have very little idea that the NAIA even exists. You ask people, hey, name some levels of college football. People definitely mention, obviously, the big time, right? They mention 
you know, FBS right away. And if they're a reasonably serious band, they could name FCS D2. And they know Division Three exists, but both of them, unless they're a serious person, can only name Mount Union because they win all the time. You know, but very few people even know who wins the NBA championship or who makes the, the playoffs or things like that. Now, when you try to tell people, and you said there's guys that you played against who play D1, who play wherever, what have you noticed, because you played in junior college against guys who did go D1, what are some of the things that are different in terms of NEA football, and what are some things that are the same from the guys you played against who did play at higher levels? Like, where do you notice differences, where do you notice similarities? Uh, differences from the guys that went D1 and the guys that come to NAI, there's not not very much differences. Most some of the times it's just grade wise. Sometimes it is skill wise. If you if you run a, a four four or a four five or a four three, you're going to get that D1 offer. Speed and now in college speed is everything. If you or if you can pass the eye test for over six two six three two thirty two forty, you pass the eye test, you're going to get that D1 offer. But those guys in the eyes, I know for sure, can compete at the D1 level, D2 level. Some of the similarities are just skill level. And so you can pass the eye test, but do you have that skill level to compete at that level? That's that's pretty pretty accurate, I would say. You also had recently that an all-star game opportunity. Tell me about that's some great. of the guys that were there. Who impressed you in terms of your eye for talent? And what did you take away from that? What things might help you to get better from your all-star game opportunities to that? Uh, one of the guys that one of the guys that I played it was on my team with Team Europe. His name was Chris Williams. He's from Missouri Southern. He was a big guy, two ninety-two. He ran for seven as a D tackle, and and his skill set was his skill set was tremendous. He he got MVP. He got MVP on our team with that game. I got to come on. And what was your other question? And what did you? Obviously, it was a pretty fast experience. Like things move very quickly yes, uh, when you're in an all-star game. But what things will you be able to take away? What things will you keep with you as you move beyond that experience to go to whatever's next for you? What things do you learn there that will help you along your way as a player? The things I learned there mentally is just no matter because we had guys there from D one, we had a, a couple free agents there also. But one thing I learned is that we're just we're all on the same level. Just because no matter the name of the school or where you've been, every everybody believes the same. You're you're able to compete with anybody you want to. Then from the football standpoint, we have some pretty good coaches, uh, some arena coaches, and I just learned basically better better techniques how to get off blocks. How to read defense, how to step towards the pulling guard or fullback. I'm learning to take that away and coverage, and also I can coverage in there also. And I'm going to take you back to the chalkboard one last time, and then I'll ask my last couple of questions. When you do face a team that's in that, hey, you're up by four. There's a minute and 12 seconds left, they're right at midfield, third and eight, they have to have it. If they don't get if they don't get it, they know the game's over. If they do get it, they've got a chance to keep driving and possibly score a touchdown to win the game. And let's say this is a team that has 
the big receivers who aren't afraid to come over the middle. They may do a lot of, uh, you know, drag, you know, basic crosses, shallow crosses, uh, a lot of in-breaking routes. They may, you know, dig, things like that. So a lot of stuff like the, you know, they may try to push you to the out, towards the boundary and then break back over the middle. And they've got big receivers, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 210, 250 pounds. So guys that, like I said, might not be afraid of even getting hit by a line or things like that. And you guys play, you guys are mostly zone, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, do you play pretty much the same zone principle all the time, or do you kind of shift around? It's pretty much the same principle. Okay. We just based on how people come line up. Got it. Got it. Got it. Is it is it sort of a matchup zone where you guys are? Because it looked, I mean, once again, I'm, I've only I've seen tape. I haven't actually talked to your coaches. It looks like there's a certain amount of matchup where you guys kind of come up on a guy. Yes, sir. There's a lot of matchup zone. Okay, so it's a matchup. Again, I'm just going from what I see on tape. So you have to correct me if I'm wrong. So it's kind of a matchup zone principle. So in that case, if they're trying to sort of flood a zone, get a couple of big guys, you know, six, two, six, three in an area, get a quick, you know, pop, pop over the middle, try to kick up that eight yards. Tell me about what you guys do in that situation. You kind of have a pretty good idea of what they're probably going to try to do based on their tendencies and what you've seen in the game. What kind of things you might call, and what are your coverage responsibilities in that situation? Let's say they, they come out in, yeah, true two-by-two two balance. You know, they've got um, an outside receiver in a slot um, to each side, an outside receiver in a slot to either side. And you know that they're probably going to try to flood a zone, you know, so that, once again, try to make one cover two, right? That's what, you know, it's all about trying to create a, a conflict for the defense. Tell me about what you guys do in that situation and what your cover responsibility is. When we do, we're probably, in this, we'll probably go cover three. That way you'll have okay. a guy, if you have a guy in curve flat, you'll have a, probably a strong safety to come down. He'll probably be, a, probably like a, called like a buzz defender. I like a spy guy, anything mm-hmm. down across the middle, he's picking up. The other linebacker probably have a middle hook. Then we're probably told to keep every – we're third and eight. Keep everything in front of you. Nothing gets, nothing gets behind you. Or play the sticks. And if you tackle in front of the sticks, it's fourth down. Then we'll probably have a deep safe to take away either a post or see a post coming or just a corner coming. My responsibility, I'd probably play the curl to flat guy. Probably at the sticks. And just keep everything in front of me. Got it. Got it. So I'm going to ask a little bit about what they did. Now, obviously, it's an all-star game. They don't have time to do a lot. What did they do with you in terms of teaching you about coverages and and what kind of things they wanted to do in terms of the defense they ran at your all-star game, and how did they utilize you? Now, once again, I know there's only about really three full practices, but what were they able to teach you, and what were your, your jobs, your responsibilities there? At this also game, we ran three, four. They had me come up the, the Sam linebacker off the edge. They were showing I could pass rush and control the edge and all that. So I was I was taught some pass rush moves, how to hold the edge, how to cut your feet, don't get beat outside. That was some of my responsibilities. Okay. Got it. And uh, now I come to my world-famous, often emulated and never imitated final question. I think that – I'll just put it out there. I think the Chiefs, 
bring you in as an undrafted free agent as a quote unquote camp body because the one you know you're local and they've heard good, I heard some good things you know but I'll be honest with you they're not going to be expecting you to make the team yes, sir. right I mean the, the odds are stacked against everybody it's not just you I mean there's only 1,560 jobs 32 teams 53 spots and it's not like they empty out the league each year. Most of the guys who are in the league now are going to be in the league next year, too. The, the turnover is only about 8% or so. That's 100 and some odd, 150 jobs, 160 jobs. In, in, a, in a really big year, 160, 170 jobs might turn over from one year to the next across the entire league. A couple hundred jobs, maybe, change hands with new guys coming in and guys who are in the league. Some guys who retire, some guys who, will, whether they retire or not, will be told their careers are over. So there'll be some new blood, and you're part of that new blood. Special teams, obviously, will be incredibly important because that's what's going to save your life. Those, last, those cuts come around, right? They cut down from 100 guys or 90 guys or whatever. Suddenly going down, boom, to 53. It used to be they had stair steps. They got rid of that. So the last, last year and the years going forward, instead of having – going from, you know, whatever, 100 or 90-something down to 75, 75, you know, cutting down to 50. Now they just boom, you know, from being surrounded, too many guys to all of a sudden an NFL team. That, those last four guys, three guys, five guys on every roster are guys the special team coach fought for. Yeah, I know he's not as good a receiver as this guy, but this guy doesn't play any of special teams. This guy's on three of my units. Well, I know this guy may be bigger or faster than that guy, but this guy's on four of my units on special teams. I can't, I can't replace him. If you cut this guy, I've got to find – you've got to pick up a couple of guys off of somebody else's practice squad. I, I'll need one or two – I'll need two guys to replace one. Doesn't make sense. So if you can manage to find a way to be on at least four special teams units as a key contributor, you've got a shot to survive. Over yes, sir. some guy who might have been drafted ahead of you last year. If you can be on one more special teams unit, that guy thinking they might keep, but they're looking at you. And it's like, well, you're you're about as good on defense, or maybe just as good on defense, but you're more valuable on special teams. Because if you're a backup linebacker, your main job, in addition to getting ready to go in there if somebody gets hurt or whatever, but your main job is to contribute on special teams. That's job one. But I think that's going to be your ticket. Yes, sir. You're, going to take, you're going to take that, that opportunity and parlay that, I think, into maybe not with the first team that brings you in, you know, but teams see tape of everybody. You know, so maybe somebody sees you in preseason game two or preseason game three, do such and such. And so even if you get cut by that team, somebody says, somebody in Tampa, or somebody in Cleveland, or somebody wherever says, you know, we could do the kid like him. So maybe you get picked up by the other team. And maybe you're active a couple times. Maybe you're inactive most of the year. It's it's rough being man 53, 52, 51 on an NFL roster. But it beats not being on a roster. So get used to What's the old saying? Rent, don't buy. Get used to, you know, you know, get used to maybe living in a hotel even, but get used to a lot of uncertainty in your life. I hope, and I know you're a father and a family man, so that's going to be hard on your family. So I hope they've been told, you know, what might be ahead. Sure. Here's the good news. You're going to find a home, though. Some team might be the third team you're on. Might be the fifth team you're on. Who knows? 
might be in Canada. Who knows? He's going to say, oh, yeah, no, we can use it. And I think two years from now, you're going to, you know, you'll be established. You'll be established. Maybe up north, maybe down here, but you'll be established. You have a home. You'll know what your job is, and you'll be executing your job at a high level. And you're going to go back to Ottawa to speak to the team, to hang with coaches, to work out in the offseason, whatever you go, when you go back, they're going to pick your brain and ask you some of the things that you've been through and, you know, how can we prepare and things like that. And I think they eventually end up, you know, who knows, maybe they'll end up retiring a jersey or, or having a, a um, you know, having a uh, Germanique Anthony Day, right? You know, <laughs> where we celebrate the career of Germanique Anthony, right? When that day comes, when they look back on your career at Ottawa, Tell me what game do you think best exemplifies your career there? That makes the most the clearest statement about the kind of football player you were. Uh, the kind of football player I were? You was when you were there. Oh. When they look back on your career, what's the game you would point to? If I'm bringing a bunch of scouts in, and it's like, you've got to see this kid. What's the game we're putting on that exemplifies the spirit, the heart, the soul of the player that was Germanique? Yeah, I'll probably say it had to be a Southwest. The game we played Southwestern. That game, I I went all out, I, <laughs> bleeding from everywhere, lip busted. I just I gave him all that game. Like it was a something that sparked in me. It was a dog in me like, that came out that game. TFL mm. sacks, screaming everywhere, jumping up with the coaches. It, mm. That Southwestern game, I gave passion that game. I gave passion in that game. It was something about that game. Got it. Perfect. And I'm sure you've told this before. In what's coming next, you're going to need that, not just every game, but every rep in practice. You need that same dog, that wild dog, right? That, yes, sir. That guy that wondering if maybe something's just a little bit wrong with you because it's, man, it is a fight to the finish. Every rep in practice. And you're, you're going to get a lot of reps. Once again, I'm, I'm here to tell you the truth. You don't get a lot of reps. You might get two, three reps, right? You better make those two or three reps memorable. You better find somebody and make them your victim, right? Yes, Maybe yes, they're sir. on the back side of the play. I don't care. <laughs> somebody got to go. You find somebody, identify them, and make sure they remember you, right? Even if it's, even if it's like it's not even integral to what looks like, you know, because they look at everybody else's tape. So a lot of times people don't realize that there's stuff going on away from the ball. And once again, it might be a special team. It might be a block you throw on a punt return. Who knows? But find somebody and make that person pay for the fact that you didn't get to go to Oklahoma. Make somebody pay for the fact that you didn't get a chance to go to your quote-unquote dream school. Make somebody pay for the fact that you didn't get to play in the senior bowl. You didn't get a chance to go to the FBS. You didn't get a chance to go to the combine. Make somebody pay. Yes, sir. Somebody, I, I apologize to them later if you have to, but in the moment, <laughs> in the moment they got to go, man. There's only 1,560 jobs in the whole league, and they're not emptying out. They're not kicking everybody off the roster each year. They're not saying Antonio Brown, you got to fight for your job next. You know he's got a job next year, right? They're, they're, not, telling, they're not telling Luke Keekley you got to fight for your job. No, he's got a job next year. Like a, most of the guys in the league have jobs waiting for them next year. There's a small percentage of those guys on the bottom of that roster 
Guys, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52, 53. Those guys have got to fight for their job. That's five to eight guys on the bottom of each NFL roster. That's not a lot of jobs. You see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. That's not a lot of jobs. It is the most elite of fraternities that you'll ever have the opportunity to join. And like I said, I, I hope that you don't literally kill someone to get to it, but I hope you're willing to get pretty close because that's what it'll take. You gotta blow some poor dude up, man. I'm sorry. Somebody's got to go. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> um, you said your your little. You said is a little girl. You said. Ah uh, yes, sir. You said she's three. She'll be three in March. She will be three in March. Okay. Yes, has she ever seen you play? Ah uh, yes, sir. She has. She's been playing what one time. Got it. Now does she get hyped up, or she's not really close? Know what's going on yet? Oh, when she came. She was only like one years old, so she. Oh, she was. Yeah, no, she, nah. But she, uh, whenever she sees football on TV now, and she's like, "Daddy, daddy." <laughs> now there you go. There you go. That's perfect. Raise them right. Yeah. You know, Bethany just—you know this probably. Bethany just signed a, a young lady to play safety. I've seen that yeah. on Twitter. I've seen that on Twitter. I, I've watched her tape, dude. She can ball. <laughs> it's not just a delivery stuff. She can play. I have to go check that out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Antoinette, Tony Harris, I think. Um, but yeah, she she can. Have, she she. The thing that impressed me most. I mean, she she can cover a little bit. But the thing that impressed me most was how she came down in the run game and bam, brought the hammer. What? Really? <laughs> See if I'm joking. Look at her. Look at her tape. <laughs> See if I'm joking. She is. She is no joke, dude. She comes down and brings it in the. She comes down as an alley defender. She comes down and drops it all, people, baby. Go, go watch. <laughs> watch your tape. Yeah, I'm about to watch this before our very eyes. And now you've got now you've got your own little. You know, we'll see what happens. But you've got your own little <laughs> year old watching watching tape with you. Who knows? And, uh, <laughs> Terminique, it has been a, a distinct pleasure, an honor, and a privilege. I wish you all the very best. I, I think you, that. I think that your road will not be easy. I'm not even going to lie. I think that you're going to have some disappointments and some getting hemmed up and people not believing in you, but you've been through that before. I think that you have enough drive to realize that sometimes the answer is no, but by no they mean not yet or not now or not here. Yes, sir. And you've got to fight and fight and fight because, you know, they're not going to know who you are when you show up. They don't even know where you, you – know, they they don't they know where USC is, they know where Texas is, they know where Oklahoma is, they know where, you know, Maryland is, they know where Miami is. They have no idea. It's like you said, they'll think, Oh, wait, you play ball in Canada? Right. They'll be they'll, they'll be asking you about the C F L. Exactly, right? So, yes, so you gotta fight. You gotta fight ahead of you. So like I said, some poor you know, pick out your victim, he's practice. Find them. Pick out who it is. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I apologize, but I don't eat, so I gotta blow you up. You know, so that's how it is. It's a, I mean, you talked about it was in junior college. Multiply that yes, by ten thousand. Now you're in the NFL. Uh, for sure. So thank you once again. Uh, you'll get a follow up email from us. You may have already gotten one. And what I'll ask is that you also respond to that email along with the questions to the answer to the question. Please, if you uh, can send a photograph of yourself. So I can use that to build out a profile that will appear on Nuts and Bolts Sports, and that will be published once again, you know, as soon as we get a chance to 
look over your answers and receive a picture, and I will send a link of that to you. But once again, ladies and gentlemen, from Ottawa, that's the Ottawa in Kansas, uh, University College, Ottawa College in this case, we have Germanique, like Dominique. We have Germanique Anthony, who is a tough, smart, aggressive linebacker who can cover. There's always a place for that. Thank you so much, Germanique. Thank you. Hey, Germanique. Take care, man. You too. Thank you.